Welcome to the Asylum. Now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Thank you, Mark LeMay. Almost screwed his name up. Holy cow. But I am Rick Briggs. I got that one right. And uh, my partner, Rick Flieger. We are Flieger and Briggs on the Arena Sports Net, arenasportsnet.com. Get the questions in. Mailbag's filling up. I know your drafts are rapidly approaching. Asylumfootball at gmail.com, or you can tweet us, asylumfootball, or at asylumfootball, I guess. You could do it there, too, certainly. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we'll answer them. But get them in. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of questions coming in, Rick, and some of them are pretty good. Yeah, some interesting ones. A ton to get to today. We apologize to anyone who suffered through Tuesday's show as we talked about nothing for 47 minutes, and I looked up at the clock and discovered maybe it's time to do some uh, sports talk, some fantasy talk. So we're going to keep it reined in today, Rick. But we did have an interesting story about running with a billy goat. Yeah, yeah, we we uh, had that. And, uh, hey, do yourself a favor. Have some fun what we were doing before we recorded the episode waiting for all the all the gadgets to light up and do something which is a 50 50 proposition on its <laughs> best day here in studio b just go to our website you don't have to listen to them we'd appreciate it if you did but you don't have to just go through and read the names of our episodes we, we had our teeth out laughing like hyenas reading these things and uh, we're idiots and if you're still listening to us thank you god bless you yeah. and seek help there's something wrong well, with if you. you're still listening to us you're an idiot too so we just <laughs> stick together that's what we do i guess so you're an idiot too so we we have our first uh, our first nominee for this episode so rick i think we don't want to mess around we want to get right into it so here's what we're going to do rick you pick the order i want to do some love hate basically some guys we love some guys that we have ranked higher than other folks it doesn't have to be earth shattering but just guys we value more all right guys we hate guys we value less i want to play some pick your poison and if we get all that done we have more in the mailbag rick dealer's choice where do you want to start Let's do a little love-hate. You want to do a little start out? So let's start out, Rick. We're going to keep it calm. We're going to keep it nice. It's the beginning of the episode, Rick. It's time for some love. Let's go. It's guy love. Don't compromise the feeling of some other guy holding up your heart into the sky. We recorded this before the show. This is me right here. I'll be there to share the I can hit that note. Yeah, I know. You it's just yank your tidy whities up. <laughs> That's right. It's just that simple, Rick. Who do we, you know, in the past, we, we know your guys. You know, we'll start Brandon Marshall. Ryan Matthews are, is mine. We have Guy Love. Who are the candidates, Rick, for our man love going forward? You can start this one off. I'll tell you what. You actually hit on one one of mine again. It's Brandon Marshall <laughs> you again. I mean, he's gone to the Giants. Um, I, think, I think the Giant offense and Brandon Marshall are in for pretty big years. And, look, he's – this isn't the same Brandon Marshall from Denver. And, no, no. And, and everybody, I think, realizes this. Medicated Brandon but, Marshall. But now oh, you mean skill Now they're starting to think that he's, you know, over the hill. I don't think so. I think this he's not that old. He's, what, 34? And, you know, Larry Fitzgerald's older than that, still getting it done. I think Brandon Marshall's just as good a shape, has just as many tools as Fitzgerald does. Right. I think he's going to help Odell Beckham. 
And in the last three years, listen to this. In the last three years, Eli Manning has averaged 606 attempts in a year. Wow. Okay, and he's averaged 381 completions, which is about 63%. You know, with Perkins as a starter, I expect actually more passing again with Eli. But I see the completion rate actually maybe ticking up a little bit. And I think Brandon Marsh is going to be a beneficiary of a lot of targets and a lot of catches along with Beckham. Yeah, look, I think when you look at it, Rick, your only concern with Brandon Marshall would be his age and his ability to stay healthy. He lost the better part of last season. He struggled with poor quarterback play. And he really later on in the season was struggling staying healthy. On the Jets. Right. Beyond that, (laughs) the the skill set. Was he struggling to stay healthy was my point. Right. Or did he just not want to show up to work? He didn't really want to be on that field. Do the old fake call in after a night of drinking like we all do at our stupid jobs. That that very well could be. But that would be my only concern. You come in and you put him on the other side of an Odell Beckham. I, right there, that bumps a guy's value up. You know, Sterling Shepard avoided the big injury, a great slot receiver yeah. going into his second year. Weapons abound. And actually, my first one was going to be Rick, and, and no need to go over it anymore, was going to be Eli for the same reason. You have Paul Perkins there, so you're not going to have much of a running game. You, know, you wouldn't think. I no. mean, it'd be a nice surprise. No, we're going to but... talk about Perkins before this segment's over, though. I'll, I'll tell you that. But actually, maybe we'll, I'll just dovetail into him, and Paul Perkins will be one. I'm, I'm starting to develop feelings for you know, Mike, it's like those one thirty in the morning at the bar feelings. You know, I've had a few drinks, and I'm you know looking to pick off one of the weak ones. You know yeah. what I mean? And that might be Paul Perkins. But but to wrap up, Eli, they're going to fling that ball around a ton. There's going to be a ton of weapons. There's going to be more than enough to go around. Even even with Ingram, you get the rookie tight end in there. I'm excited. I'm just excited about this Giants offense. You know, to put a number on it, you know that that amount of attempts that Eli Manning's putting up, and they've upgraded at the position, yeah. bringing in a Brandon Marshall, so it bodes well for both of them. But Paul Perkins. Perkins got Rick is a guy at least in my beer goggles I'm starting to get to warm and fuzzies for and it's for one reason and, and one reason only it's because he's the only game in town I mean Orleans Darqua really <laughs> how much are we can talk about him so here's the th- exactly here's the thing with in on a team with that type of weapons on the outside that's going to throw the ball as often as the New York Giants are there's going to be plenty of times. He's not going to have 300 carries. I understand that. But there's going to be plenty of times. They're going to be out there in four wide receiver sets, having thrown the ball successfully five, six, seven plays in a row. They're going to turn around, and you're going to hand it to Perkins out of the shotgun or something. He's going to bust one for 20. He's going to bust him for 15. He's going to have room to run. Now, he doesn't have the skill set other, wide, other running backs have. I grant you that. He's not going to get the opportunities. But I'm looking looking at him from a price point. You're looking at RB29. This is a guy who's going to get the the lion's share, the bulk, if not all of his team's carries, and you can get him as an RB3 on a team that should be as good as they're going to be offensively. He may only get 10 or 12 carries a game, Rick, but this is a guy who could just by default average five yards a carry, put himself together a pretty nice season. And, and this is a guy, if I load up on wide receivers earlier, if we take the, you know, if we take the Dennis Farrell view of drafting, you know, this is Paul Perkins is a guy I'm going to be targeting. I'm going to be looking for. I just think he almost can't help but have success when he gets the ball in his hands in this offense. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. And that's, that's an interesting point uh, that you made about them throwing so much. They're gonna, he's going to have the advantage of taking people by surprise right? on, on some of these There's going to be room. There's, there's going to be no eight-man boxes against the New York Giants this season. None. Right, exactly. Who else you love, Rick? Can, can you move off? To, I know you don't want to cheat on Brandon, but if, if you had to, if you're looking for who's Rick Briggs' side piece heading into 2017? I'm going to stick with wide receiver. I tell you what, I like Travis Benjamin on San Diego. Had the big play on uh, Sunday night. He's fast. He has great hands. He had a drop-off last season. It really wasn't on him. I mean, he was battling a series of nagging injuries last year. Of course, Keenan Allen went down, and I don't think Travis Benjamin's the guy to carry the offense, obviously. No, no. And he's small, but he was nagged with injuries that second half. He kind of trailed off. But this guy can fly, and he's a legitimate deep ball threat. And if Keenan Allen can stay (laughs) – I know, it's a very big hit. (laughs) But even if he can't stay healthy, if Travis Benjamin can stay healthy – I still think there's a lot of fantasy value for this guy, and you can get him at a really cheap price. Oh, I mean, he he's the guy you draft with that last spot before you take your defense and your kicker, right? I mean, he's that guy, be that the 14th round, the 18th round, whatever, however your draft is set up. I, I liken him to a Tavon Austin ring. He's not a guy you're going to start every week, but he's a guy you want to roster. And if you get injuries, if you get into a bye week situation, you know, this year again, you know, it's week eight or nine, every team's on bye, on bye for two weeks, right. it seems like. He's the type of guy, and you're just sort of hoping, right? You're hoping you hit him that week where he catches that 70-yard touchdown like you did. And then again, it's the first preseason game, but like he did on Sunday night. But you remember That's some of those is. years with the Browns yeah, he did earlier. It with the, he did and it with he the had Browns. some Big games with the Browns with awful quarterbacks. Yeah, I think he was a bit of a disadvantage last year. Number one, he was first year, you know, totally different offense to Philip Rivers. Didn't really have the chance to to really show his skill set and develop that rapport with Rivers. But I think they're. I think he's going to really fall into this offense this year. I really like this kid, and especially if you're in playing best ball formats, you're doing MFL tens yeah. or any other type of this draft with Giants three, which is a best ball format. I love later on, especially when you're drafting 20, 22, 25 rounds, the way these best balls are. I love drafting guys like Benjamin, like Tavon Austin, like Ted Ginn. Mm-hmm. You know, in a, in a week-to-week, it's tough because you Travis don't know. Travis Benjamin's like a Ted Ginn with hands. Right, yeah, he can actually catch the football. <laughs> right, so, yeah. you know, I don't know who wins in a sprint. It'd be one hell of a race, <laughs> yeah. but there's a better chance, a much better chance Travis Benjamin can catch the football. <laughs> but it, it's hard to pinpoint what week it's going to be for these guys, but there's yeah. going to be one or two for each of them but I think Benjamin's in the best position well it's hard to say that now with with Ted Ginn where he's at but is in the best position to make plays and you know we're having this argument about you know Jamal Williams you know what do you do you know maybe Travis Benjamin you just wait stuff him at the end of your bench and you got he's good roster filler anyhow yeah you better believe it all right, Rick. I have one more, and we'll move on to get to what we're more comfortable with, guys we hate. I'm going to throw it out again, Rick. I feel like I've talked to him, talked about it in the last several weeks, but my boy Jaquiz Rogers is a guy. That I haven't drafted a team yet, yep. yet that I don't own Jaquiz Rogers. I mean, ADP of 41, you're getting this guy in the ninth round. At a minimum, he's starting for three weeks, at, a, at the very minimum. 
there's number one. Number two, he has that rapport with the offensive coordinator. They've worked together for years. The offensive coordinator likes him. And I think he may fit what they want to do offensively a little better. You know, Doug Martin, he's coming off the suspension. And I'm always suspect when coaches are coming out and volunteering this time of year that, look, he's not guaranteed his job back when he comes back. You know, if you're asked pointedly, I think that's the answer you give as a coach. But it feels like this offensive staff's going out of their way to point that out, that we're good with, with Quiz here. We're, we're happy with him. Doug will be, you know, the muscle hamster. He'll be a nice addition. Right. But we're happy with where we're at. I could see, obviously, his Jaquiz's work's going to get cut into if Doug Martin comes back and he performs. You could see him in a third-down role and a goal-line type of role. I think Jaquiz Rogers early on in the year has, you know, low-end RB1 capabilities. And even once Doug Martin comes back, I think he still remains an RB2. This is a guy I have just fallen head over heels for just based on the value. Once again, you know, similar to the Paul Perkins thing. If I make that move and load up at other positions and then I take again, take the give him lots of run on this show, take the Dennis Farrell theory and later on in the draft, just start ta- stockpiling these guys and hope two of them hits. I think Quiz is one of these guys that can hit. And I'm not sure he doesn't start for, for them. The, the whole way through, yeah. I'm, I, Doug Martin is, he is a question at best. I mean, we saw what he did last year, 2.9 yards a carry. Right. He's already suspended again. And I, I say again because he was suspended, wasn't it two or three years ago? Wasn't he suspended? I think so. It's hard to keep I can't track. remember. You know, we're going to have to bring back the police blotter as well. Uh, you know, Judge Wapner's been in retirement for about a year. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, we've been a little remiss on that one. I know. we, we got to play it more. Exactly. But, you know, Doug Martin, he's going to have his use, but I am totally with you. I think Jaquiz Rogers stays, if not totally, if Martin does come back, maybe gets like the quote-unquote starting role. But I – there's no way Rodgers is out of that offensive plan right. for much time at all, and, yeah. I, and I agree with you. And you'll be curious what he can do over a whole season, but anywhere he's filled in, in Atlanta, yeah. last year in Tampa Bay, he's he succeeded, and he succeeded big time. So I, I think with three games of that being his job, probably another game or two getting Doug, Doug Martin reacclimated, he could just about put a stranglehold on this job. So any more of those, Rick, or is it time to move on to the emotion you know best? I actually have a (laughs) – that's cruel, I must say. (laughs) And true. But, um, you know, we we talked about a week or two ago that the Lions really didn't have an idea at the running back position and at the wide receiver position. You know, Kenny Galladay looks like he's the wide receiver that's going to be getting a lot of end zone looks. Scoring two touchdowns and – you know, three for 53 against the Colts, you know, albeit it was against the Colts in its preseason. But they're not hesitating to go to this kid, and he's doing nothing but performing. And, yeah. and I, I'm really starting to like this kid. If nothing else, he's made himself a superstar in fantasy right. circles. You know, you always run the risk of, you know, you don't want to overvalue the kid because you run the risk of him becoming Tajay Sharp of last year, right? True, but but, but you look at what he's, go, he's going against Marvin Jones, who's right. been nothing but 
He's inconsistent. Got, I think he wins that number two job, which instantly makes him more valuable. Right. Tajay Sharp never really took right. over as one of those top two receivers in that Tennessee. So you're right. I think the point's well taken. All right, Rick, let's get to what Rick Briggs does best. <laughs> You all can see I had some time to play with uh, play with some audio this weekend. Yeah, well, it certainly wasn't Holly Vondro. What's his name? Alejandro Finkelstein. Yeah, Alejandro right? Finkelstein. I thought he was coming back. Keep saying he is, but um, we'll probably have to pin him down to draft and say you either are or you're not. If not, I'm shutting down that stupid control room. I'm still out of breath from the top of the show. All right, Rick, somebody's getting too much love from the rubes and the boobs, and someone Rick Briggs is, just isn't feeling in 2017. Leonard Fournette. Oh, wow, okay. You know, I was higher on him earlier on, but – he has two things going against him in my book. He has a foot injury and a big mouth. <laughs> and I have no problem with guys talking, look at me, look at me. But you know what? You shouldn't be spouting off that the NFL is slow and you're going to win the rushing title when most of the guys you're playing, they're going to be working back in construction in a couple of weeks. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, you weren't going – this isn't week eight. And you haven't had 400-yard games in a row, and you say, I've adjusted, it's slower than what I thought, blah, blah, blah. You've done nothing. You've played guys that aren't going to be there. Right, right. You know, don't come out here and start spouting off that you are – yeah, I have no problem with confidence, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I like to win the title. I think I can. But, uh, oh, the NFL is slower, and it's going to be easy. Really? (laughs) There, there's always, and you know, I like them even more cocky than you do. You know, we talk about the yeah. you and everything. But there's always a fine line between cocky and stupidity. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and that's where he's dancing on that line, right? Or maybe even confidence and stupidity. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, just add to the total, look, Blake Bortles is still your quarterback. And, oh, by the way, Marquise Lee is hurt, which is one of the weapons that helps take a little pressure off the running back. Right. So, I just – he's falling in my book. I mean, of course, we still have some preseason to look for, and I'll keep an eye on him. But right now, foot injury, big mouth equals bad year. Yeah. It's not often on the right foot. We talked about it a little bit on the last show. You know, I hadn't considered him flapping his gums, you know, but the point's well taken. I'm, I'm terrified of that foot injury. If this is the first time it popped up, you hear about a minor foot injury, a guy missing a day or two of practice in preseason. Right. I don't think anything of it. But this guy's history is riddled, littered, riddled. What the hell's riddled? Oh, it is. I mean, Is that right? Yeah, I mean. It didn't you, sound right when I Bonnie said Bonnie and Clyde's car was riddled with bullets. Yeah. You know, things of that nature. Yeah, with D's. I think I use T's. That's why it sounds stupid. Riddled? Yeah, I think that's what I said. No, I don't know if that's actually a word. No, I don't think it is. That's why it didn't sound right. But, yeah, riddled with. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah, that's right. I have a quick question to myself. I'm very well-spoken, Rick, and sometimes sometimes my mouth is ahead of my brain in, in processing. This no, may come as a surprise. <laughs> this may brain. come as a surprise to you. But... In fact, a snail is ahead of your brain. <laughs> I'm very smart. My mummy said so. You've heard the old snail joke, haven't you? I don't think. Yeah, guy, well, I know some snail joke, but it's a completely guy different body part. hears clerk. a knock on his door, you know, and. He opens up the door and there's a snail sitting there. And um, 
he looks around and the guy in the snail goes, you know, down here. And he looks down and he sees his snail. He says, do you ever drink of water? And the guy picks that. He picks the snail up and he says, get out of here. And he just chucks him, heaves him, you know. And he forgets all about it. Well, about three years later, another knock on the door. He opens up the door, there's a snail down there. He goes, what was that all about? <laughs> That's a terrible joke. <laughs> terrible, terrible joke. All right, what were we talking about? <laughs> Good Lord, how did, how? How? I don't understand. Uh, oh, Leonard Fournette, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> of I mean, it's obvious. <laughs> Let's just move on to somebody. I don't remember my Leonard Fournette point. <laughs> okay, if you, who don't you like? I'll tell you what, Rick. I don't want to say I dislike him, and I have him ranked yes, as such. I don't trust Melvin Gordon, Rick. I, I don't. Where he has landed is my issue with him. Whereas I was rooting for Melvin Gordon last year, as I had him ranked, you know, so much above consensus. Well, of course I, we did. Yeah, I think this year it's been a complete overcorrection. You're looking at ten overall. The what? One, two, three, four, five. The sixth overall running back. I'm looking at. Um, ADP right now, he is RB4. Yeah, see that? It's just in I, – I, I just don't see it. Look, he's easily an RB1, so this is probably a dumb conversation to have. You're talking the difference between three or four players here. But I don't trust, number one, he's going to put up touchdown. You remember, he missed a big chunk at the end of the season with the injury. I don't trust he's going to put up touchdowns at the rate he did last year. It, it almost felt like, again, I'm going to use that, that term again, it almost felt like an overcorrection because we spent all of 2015 crushing him. You know, this guy's never been in the end zone. He can't get in the end zone. And I don't think consciously the San Diego Chargers said, we're going to come out and we're going to make this right, and Melvin Gordon's going to have 10 touchdowns before Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. But it's just it felt like an overcorrection, and, and things tend to work themselves back to the mean. So if you take out, you know, the double-digit touchdown potential, and when you look at the weapons they have, when you have Keenan Allen back, we've already seen it in one Good point. We've already seen it in one preseason game, Rick. You know, all the hype for Hunter Henry, and I buy into it. Antonio Gates was a big part of those first couple drives. So those yeah. two massive weapons down around the goal line, you know, maybe not even anything against Melvin Gordon's, you know, no. potential inability, but they're a throwing team. That's their identity. That's who they've been. If Antonio Gates is still healthy, plus Hunter Henry emerging, how many how much goal line work's Melvin Gordon gonna get? And quite frankly, if you take away his touchdown numbers, he's kind of just another guy. And like you already mentioned, Keenan Allen's healthy this year. I mentioned earlier Travis Benjamin's healthy. Right. You still have six foot three Dontrell Inman. Right. You know, that you have to feed. And you know, Ty Williams. So I don't know. And Mike Williams is supposed to be coming back. Yeah, they're I saying mean, there's a looking lot at October for him to come well, back. October, yeah, and I, I don't hold a whole lot of credence for him having a great year no, this year. No, but but I like the other three, and I, and I love the two tight ends. It's being a huge part, so I agree with you 100. percent It's just not the Chargers' identity, you know. Even right. even when Ladainian Tomlinson was putting together his Hall of Fame resume, yeah, they ran the ball plenty with him, but he was so involved in the passing game and everything he did. Melvin Gordon ain't that guy. Melvin Gordon, you know, Melvin Gordon would look like he'd fit in 
I, I want to say Pittsburgh, but that's not who they are anymore. Like Melvin Gordon looks like a Kansas City Chiefs running back to me, right? You know, a guy you can give the ball to 25, 30 times just to look at him. You know what I mean? And I don't know that he's the dynamic playmaker that's the perfect fit for San Diego in as much as with all the other weapons they have around, you have to get him involved in the passing game. They're not going to run the ball 25, 30 times a game. Plus, if you've got both these tight ends rolling good, you know, I think the – the potential of putting up that pace of what was he on pace for 16, 17, 18 touchdowns. Right. I can't see that happening. So again, RB one, I agree fully. I really do. But RB, you know, number four, you know, <laughs> that, that seems a little high to me. You know, you look at, I'm going to take McCoy over. I'm going to take Devonte Freeman. I'm going to take Jordan Howard. I think I'm going to take Ajayi. I think it's after him is where I start thinking about Melvin Gordon. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm. There, there's a lot. There's a lot to think about with him. There's no question about that. Okay. What? Oh, we're still hating. It's what you do. Yeah. I, you know, I had Sammy Watkins, but I'm, I'm not Feels going too to. Too easy, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, it's almost obvious to this point. Um, and here's one to me that, um, look, you could swing and miss totally on, on this prediction here. But I'm not going to put Jordan Reed up this high. And it, it seems like I have this conversation every year. Yeah, you do. I mean, he misses so much time. And, and you go back, you know, to just last year with the Kirk Cousins era. Yeah, Jordan Reed didn't have a 100-yard game. That stunned me. You brought that up last week or the week yeah, a before. Weeks, yeah, It stunned me when you told me that. And. Look, I think he's multi-talented, but here we go again. He's he's already dealing with a toe injury. I don't know how serious it is. They're not going to tell you. You know, everybody's confident he's coming back, but you know, he's got a toe injury. He's a tight end. He's going to do a lot of cutting. He's going to have to do a lot of blocking. We know he's had those concussion issues a couple of years That's ago. You always pr- linger. Yeah, in you the pray back, huh? those never come back. But there's just always something going on with him and. I, the price you have to pay for him, I hate it. Yeah, see, I really, I, I don't know why it's weird. Maybe he belonged in in my guy love <laughs> argument. He's just one of those guys you develop a soft spot for, all seemingly for no reason. Brian Matthews. <laughs> well, yeah. Darren yeah. McFadden. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get to that next, Rick. Don't. Uh, <laughs> Pardon me, you made me choke. This is gonna—you yeah, should have saw the little twinkle in his eye when he said that. This is gonna be like a soap opera. Your stories are about to happen here, Rick. But let, let's close stories. the let's close the book on. Isn't that what old broads call soap operas? <laughs> watch their stories. Yeah, you got to watch my stories. But anyhow, <laughs> see, we ever watched it? I've never sat down and watched five minutes of it. Have you? I know lots of guys who actually. Do. I did back when I was about. Uh, how old was I? I? Must have been about nineteen or twenty. I smashed my ankle up, and I was actually sitting in a recliner for like yeah. two or three and you had weeks. Three channels at that point, <laughs> I assume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I started watching. I think it was. God, I forget what it was. It was like another world or one of these things. And you know, you sit there, and it's like, I mean, it's just dead brain waves. And then all of a sudden, you go, you know. Don't marry him. He's four. <laughs> now, now, you're, now you're in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I, I found myself, I remember years ago, she doesn't do it anymore, but 
when we were first married and, and we got the, the first TiVo, you know, before DV, everybody right. had DVR. I was like the tip of the spear on TiVo at that time. And there was one of them she watched, I don't remember, and she'd record it every day. And you know, it was our first place. We had one TV in the house. Right. So when she sat down to watch it, I either had to read a book, which you and I both know that wasn't going to happen, or I had to sit there and watch her stories with her. <laughs> yeah. So you'd watch it, and you'd sit there at the beginning and think, well, this ain't bad. These chicks are hot. I can maybe work one up, you know <laughs> what I mean. But then 10 minutes into the dialogue, I couldn't take it anymore. It had me consider reading, for Christ's sakes. That's yeah. how bad they are. So I don't, I never got it. But what the hell are we talking about? I Jordan Reed. Yeah, we were talking about Jordan. And how did Reed? We're going to have to listen back. I'm really curious how we got to that, but oh my God, this show is so stupid. Why do we do this? Yeah, we may it's have a, what we do. We may have a major announcement coming up in the next couple weeks of the show, and I hope we're not uh, we're not endangering that in yeah. any way at this point. But anyhow, so so you look at a Jordan Reed. If healthy, and this all becomes about all becomes about injury with him, and I think more now than ever there are question marks at the running back position. While you know, after one preseason game, Pierine you know, has been a real disappointment, but you'd almost expect that from a rookie running back. Looks like it's going to be Fat Rob, you know, who who you've been uh, campaigning for all off season, and at least you're, it looks like you're going to be correct at the beginning of the season. Point being, you have questions at running back. You bring in Terrell Pryor. I think he's in for a big year. I, I really like Jamison Crowder. But you don't have the weapons there. If he can stay healthy, Jordan Reed is going to be the primary weapon. But you're right. When you look at the price tag, and it's almost like when we talk about Ben Roethlisberger, to make a sort of a crooked comparison here, that you almost have to write down he's going to miss four full <laughs> in parts of six games, right? I mean, it's just sort of where you are. So I want to argue with you because I got to warm and fuzzies for Jordan Jordan Reed, but it's hard to. It's hard when a guy starts training camp on the pup list, and he's trying to get you know a return to practice next week, which is what the third no, week. He did get them fancy orthotics, they said, and that's helping him out. It's still a toe. Yeah, you know, and, and that it, it's not. Look, anything to do with the foot, they put so much stress and strain on their feet. Yeah. There's no question about that. I mean, toes are. Essential. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> All right, we have another candidate here. Hold on one minute. <laughs> right. But I'm making my point. Oh, yeah, yeah your, your point is made. Okay. Let's but go on hold some on, more hold on, hold on, hold on. I love that. I, I want to wrap it up with, I, I'm curious, it brought up an interesting point. When you look at a guy like Jordan Reed, when you look at a guy, Ben Roethlisberger keeps popping in my head when we talk about this. But there's a lot of guys in the league that when they are playing and when they are 100% healthy are in the top two or three of their position. And I think Jordan Reed, we can agree, fits into that category. If he's 100% healthy and he's in the game, he's one of the two or three best tight ends in the NFL. Can we agree on that within reason? I know you hate him. You've made that clear. Yeah, I'll, I'll, just for the for sake the ar- of argument, for this discussion. Sure. Yeah, I was hoping you just sort of nod and I could move on with it. But you know, he. Thank you. If you, you can see it, he's doing. He looks like a bobblehead over there. <laughs> That's a Rick Briggs I can get behind. But you know, he's going to miss time. Where do you value guys like this? Be- or what's your thinking? Because I find myself on draft day. Let's use Jordan Reed sitting and thinking. I know he's going to miss a chunk of time. 
Am I concerned? And I can't predict, but I just think if he misses this chunk of time at the beginning, I'm going to be fine, and I'm going to get this great output at the end. Do you factor this in at all? Or if you have these concerns and know he's going to miss all or parts of six games, you just wipe him out. Unless you get some stupid value. We won't discuss that. But do you just wipe him out? It, I find myself trying to play that game. Well, if it's, he... It's hard because, especially with a guy like Reed... To say, well, he's going to miss a couple of games at the beginning of the year. You don't know that. He's liable to come down with a concussion. Well, that's, and then, yeah, then, he's a special case with that. Or Ben. Yeah. When's he going to separate that shoulder? Yeah, or not when? if. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Who would be another good example? Of course, you know, we the C.J. Spiller used to, you know, we used to take a lot of grief right. for. Was always injured. Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen's another these guys. perfect one. Exactly. So, and I don't think I've ever owned Alshon Jeffrey. I've never, not one league, have I ever owned Alshon. I, I don't. I don't believe I ever have. I mean, those guys scare me to death. I try to avoid them. Yeah. It's I, it's not that I wouldn't like them on my team, but I really do devalue them probably more than a lot of people do because of this injury history. I'm with you. All right. All right. Yeah, I need to hate amazing. somebody. Then we need to get on to the game right. here, Rick. We're just burning up Valuable precious time, time again. Here. Who do I hate here? Well, there's. I had Sammy Watkins. Now, real quick, I, we won't. This will go quick because we discussed it a lot on the last show, and I don't want to rehash it a lot. But the guys I'm hating on, and you see their ADP shooting up, and I guess for good reason. Just simple mathematics would tell you they should. But any of these Ezekiel Elliott backups, I'm done, and that's where. That's how we got to the soap opera. Yeah, that's how we got to the story. I am done. I am ending my lifelong love for Darren McFadden. Number one, he just lacks that burst. You can see the age and the injuries have caught up with him. Number two, sticking with injuries, he comes out week one's the starter. Does he make it to the third quarter? I mean, just from what we know about Darren McFadden. Then we get down to Alfred Morris, who's always been nice and servable when he serviceable when he filled that role in Washington. Maybe he can do the same thing behind a really good offensive line in Dallas. Ronnie Hillman. I, I'm going to own none of these guys it, unless I end up with Ezekiel Elliott, and I think somebody's going to take him two rounds before I'm willing to consider it. So I want absolutely unlike where every year I would draft. D'Angelo Williams a round and a half or two rounds before the Le'Veon Bell owner would start considering him just because I know Bell's going to miss time and he's going to get suspended and he's going to hold out and everything that goes along, all the BS that goes along with Le'Veon Bell. I value D'Angelo Williams. I do not value even my bun, my man crush, Darren McFadden. I value none of these guys at this point. None. Zipping I agree. zero. I mean, Darren McFadden broke his arm looking for a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes, he did. And uh, yeah. things are expensive, Rick. Well, I can't yeah. blame So are elbows. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> but, no, I, I really like the fact that these guys are behind arguably the best offensive line in football. But I agree. Alfred Morris wasn't dumped out of Washington and can't seem to get on the field in Dallas for, for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Darren McFadden the same way. He doesn't have that burst, albeit he's an upgrade from from Morris. But I agree with you. I They don't have value on their own or his handcuffs, which no. you can't say about some guys. 
right around the league. So, anyone else you want to hate, or is it time to play the I game? I think Rick? we'll play the game. All right, it's time, Rick. I finally got you. You can tell I was busy this week, and I was a busy bee, Rick. It's time for. Oh, yeah, your kid had some free time. <laughs> the new game. I ruined it. I stepped over it. So let's back up. Take two. The new game, Rick, that's sweeping the nation. Pick your. That's me at the end, Rick, in case you were well, wondering. Yeah, you really got that tighty whitey wedgie going. <laughs> that <laughs> Can I name the show three things? <laughs> Hold on. That, 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 that's, the, that's the winner. All right, let's try. Good, this show is so stupid. All right, Rick, here you go. Pick your poison, my friend. All right. You had the first overall pick and landed David Johnson. Woohoo! That would be good news. I'd, I'd love to pick one, one time in my life. When the draft makes it way back to you for the rounds two and three turn, okay, do you pick up Aaron Rodgers or get a second running back and a wide receiver or two wide receivers or two more running backs? Is that where you start considering Aaron Rodgers? Uh, beginning of the third, if you are looking for an elite quarterback, that's probably where you're going to have to get him. Yeah. Um, if it, if it's me, if I've got David Johnson, and of course it depends on what running backs are left, depending on what kind of league you have. If you have a bunch of Dennis Farrells in there, I'm going running back to get a, another stud running back. If not, you know, Aaron Rodgers is interesting. I mean, the guy quietly leads the league in quarterback scoring. I feel scoring. like we spend the middle of every season bitching about how poorly he's doing. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end of the year you look and he was 45 fantasy points better than anybody else. Right. You know, it's not crazy to think about Aaron Rodgers if you're making the turn there. Yeah. Um, I would get certainly get a wide receiver. Yeah. And maybe a top-notch running back depending on who's there. But I'm not going to pick up a – I don't know. I can't even think of anybody right offhand, like a Terrence West or something, just no. to have a second running back, obviously. The only valuable, and I'm starting to question how valuable he is running back that I see falling to that point, has been Lamar Miller. And he'd probably be the last one on that tier I'd be looking at. And he doesn't often even fall that far. And I even may let him pass at that point. But that's another conversation for another show. I asked this question, Rick, because of this. So his ADP right now, he's going about 210. So that's about average. Okay, it's yeah. very realistic that could happen. Then Tom Brady's going right afterwards. Then, then Matt Ryan, you're looking at the end of the fifth round. Derek Carr, the end of the sixth round. And then when you get into the seventh is when the run starts hitting with Wilson, Andrew Luck, we won't talk about that. But Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota, Phillip Rivers. Now you're talking about the ninth and tenth round. Okay, well, let me ask you a question. You just went through all that. I never heard Drew Brees' name. Where is he going? Where the hell is Drew Brees? That's good. Oh, he's going 4-6, so yeah, I skipped right over him. Well, if I think I can get that's my point. That, a Drew Brees. That, that's it right there. I can let Aaron Rodgers go, and th this is why I wanted to get this out there. I think Aaron Rodgers will again be the number one fantasy quarterback, and I think I will again talk about how bad he stinks half a whole half of the season because for, he just seems to go in that stretch just for a to be proven wrong. Yeah, 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 it's what I do. It's my bit. But then so you wait and you pass on him and you pass on Tom Brady. 
you've still got a legitimate shot at Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, guys who are maybe not Wilson, but maybe if you look at Brees, Ryan, Carr, if you can come back and get one of those guys, I don't think there's going to be a huge gap. There's going to be a gap, but a huge gap between that tier of guys and an Aaron Rodgers to where when I'm sitting at the top, and that's where you're going to have to do it, where I'm going to make that Aaron Rodgers pick and have to sit around for 24 more picks for that thing to come back around to me. Yeah, you're right. You know, Aaron Rodgers led scoring. He was, what, 30, roughly 34 points ahead of Matt Ryan, roughly 50 points ahead of Drew Brees, who was third. I mean, there's a significant drop-off, but, you know, you, you still have to take into consideration what you're gaining and not just what you're losing. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Will the the gap between I don't even know what wide receiver might be there. Larry Fitzgerald, eh, that's probably even too early for him. Um, Shouldn't be, but it will. Be. Yeah, <laughs> we can have that discussion again if you want. Right. I mean, but the difference between a wide receiver and then twenty four picks later that wide receiver or an Aaron Rodgers. So here, I'll give you this. You're looking <clears throat> at the difference between. Amari Cooper and Keenan Allen, Sammy Watkins is where that's the gap you're talking about. I think that's a significant gap. Maybe not Allen. We would throw the injury stuff out. But Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Alshon Jeffrey, Allen Robinson are the type of players you're looking at if you wait. And I think that gap's bigger than the gap between Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan slash Drew Brees. I, I, think, I think it does. I think you're right. All right, Rick, pick your poison amongst these three disappointing wide receivers from 2016. Now, this this is going to tie into your man love, but I don't want your personal feelings, your in-your-pants feelings to affect your decision here. Pick your poison, my friend. DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson, or Kelvin Benjamin? Boy, that's a good one, but I think <clears throat> I think I might have to go Robinson. It's tough, isn't it? It's, it's very tough. I mean, with I don't really, you know, of course he made my hate list, Leonard Fournette, but only where everybody has him ranked. I still think that running game is going to be effective. Right, absolutely. I hope Marquise Lee isn't seriously injured, but I – Something's got to go right for Jackson. At some point, one of right? these years, at some right? point, they can finish six and nine or six and ten. Excuse you me, would yeah. think. And you know, Allen Robbins is still the most talented receiver on that team. And if Bortles maybe just sets the Jim Beam off to the side and focus a little bit and say, "Oh, that's the good one." Okay, maybe he'll throw <laughs> to him more. He does like the sauce. <laughs> Now, I, I think I might have to go Allen Robinson on, on that one. It's close with Benjamin because I'm looking I'm looking for Cam to take a, a step forward. And I think that if Funches steps up a little bit, I, I still think Devin Funches is a is a linchpin to this offense wide receiver. Well, he's got to take some pressure off of Benjamin. If McCaffrey gets going, that could they could take a major step forward as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you wanted to be optimistic you know you can make the argument everything you just said for Kelvin Benjamin I just don't trust that's not what their offense is ha- ha- what their offense has been 
and I'm going to have to see it to believe it's ever going to be that. So I think that wipes him off. It becomes close for me between DeAndre Hopkins and Allen Robinson. And as crazy as it sounds to say, it's just Allen Robinson's quarterback situation is so much better. I know DeAndre Hopkins has fallen in love. He's got guy love right now for Tom Savage. I'll tell you what, if Deshaun Watson has a couple more preseason games like he had in week one, I think Savage still starts, but now you've got that hanging over your head all the time. So you look at Hopkins' QB situation, at best you're starting a rookie and DeAndre's not happy about it, or you're starting Tom Savage with a rookie who has really performed well in the preseason, and you know what kind of distraction that creates and what a mess that makes of offenses. So I think almost by default it becomes Allen Robbins, but I do believe he takes a step forward. And and that's the problem with Andre Hopkins – if he had Brian Hoyer for his quarterback, I'd take Hopkins hands down. Yeah, he's a number five wide receiver right. in fantasy football with, with Brian, Brian Hoy- freaking Hoyer. <laughs> right. But with Tom Savage or Watson, because you don't know what you're going to get with Watson, right. you sort of have an idea with Savage, although we haven't seen a lot of either one. Right. And a, a quarterback controversy in the middle of the season – doesn't bode well for fantasy stats for wide receivers either. And what I feel like, the the very end, the best-case scenario, if it's Deshaun Watson, is the Houston Texans become a better football team. But I don't think it bodes well for the fantasy statistics of a Hopkins or any of the wide receivers there in Houston. I think, you know, Hopkins is that – not Hopkins – Slow down, Rick. Yes. Watson. <laughs> Watson's down. the type of guy he runs the ball. He becomes Cam Newton, right? I think that's the ceiling for a Deshaun Watson is Cam Newton, and you see what it does to the wide receivers. You win football games, you have a very formidable offense, but you don't have fantasy stars at the wide receiver right. position, and I think that becomes the issue. All right, Rick, pick your point. point. Why can't I talk all of a sudden? I'm not even drunk yet. Pick your poison there you go we'll leave it at that disappointing wide receivers from 2016 who will bounce back this season wait i just asked that one good lord pick your poison rick you have to own i'm sorry right what'd you say rick are you still talking (laughs) or what (laughs) no kidding I'm not a game show host. I'm a bad podcast host. You're not Wink Martindale, that's for sure. I'm no Wink, that's for sure. (laughs) Rick, you have to own a Seahawks running back for your RB3. Pick your poison. Lacey, Procise, Rawls. Lacey. I still think it's Lacey. I'm still going with him. And I think Procise is second. I, I think Rawls, I think we've seen enough of Rawls to realize he's not the guy. No, he won't last four games. Yeah, I mean, you know, Christine Michael, they tried to make him the guy. They tried to make Thomas Rawls a the guy. They're looking for the next Marshawn Lynch or some facsimile thereof. And I think Lacey's as close as they're going to get. Yeah. And they're going to have to start handing him the rock. He's got to be build up his endurance and be the guy because I, I still think he's the best running back. I, it's not – a matter I when when Marshawn Lynch was there, you didn't look for him to be catching all these Russell Wilson passes. I don't think Pete Carroll needs That's true. They don't need the running back to be catching a bunch of passes. They need him to get the tough yards. That's Eddie Lacey. He's got to step up and be that guy. Yeah, the flash comes from Russell Wilson, right? You don't need somebody right. for the flash. That's what Russell Wilson does. 
Pete Carroll likes that smash mouth type of guy like Marshawn Lynch was. And I, at least on the roster and based on potential, Eddie Lacy fits that bill. Right. Whether or not he actually does, it's another question, but he fits that bill. True. But I, I'll gamble on him if I have to right. pick one. All right, Rick, pick your poison. Back up running back who could take away the starter's job this season. I think we've already hit on that, Jaquiz Rogers. Yeah, but he's going into the season as a starter. Let well, the let, only by default. Let the host finish the question, right? <sighs> well, I just wanted to answer before you start bumbling around. <laughs> well, you buzzed in before you knew the question. Sorry. Now you're out. <clears throat> Derrick Henry. Oh. Hold on, let me give you this. All right. Derrick Henry, Kareem Hunt, Jamal Williams, or Joe Williams. Oh boy. Ah, Read them off again. Derrick Henry. Okay. Kareem Hunt. Jamal Williams. Joe Williams. Boy, I... Jamal. It, that's interesting. I, th- I thought about that one. The easy answer here is Derrick Henry. For me. And the easy answer is Derrick Henry, but it doesn't seem like DeMarco Murray's no. going anywhere. No, and I don't know. I have nothing to base this upon, Rick. Nothing but a gut feeling. I just I have something in the pit of my protruding gut that tells me <laughs> that that DeMarco takes a step back and Derrick Henry really this is a year he makes that leap. Quite frankly, we thought he did. Nobody saw what DeMarco did last year in the preseason. We talked about the 50-50 split. At what point would Derrick Henry take over? At the beginning of the year, DeMarco grabbed that job by the throat and just stomped it down. And I just I got a feeling. So that's the easy answer. But I'm with you that I think if you throw that one out, if that's almost too obvious or you don't buy that DeMarco is going to take a step back, which would also be a reasonable argument based on past performance, right. it's it's Jamal Williams. We we talked about it in the preview. There is no I you're not tied to financially or positionally by your position coach or anything, having Ty Montgomery at that running back position. He can have value for you again, even if he loses his job. If Jamal Williams keeps impressing at camp and you can get a natural running back as well as Ty Montgomery has performed, I think you have to like the idea of having a good running back at the running back position, and then you have that extra weapon of Montgomery being a change of pace guy, or you can put him back on the outside and you've got a really good fourth option there at wide receiver. Yeah, you're right. I mean, because he's certainly going to add a, a added dimension over a Jeff Janis if you stick him in as a fourth option. And oh wow, boy! I tell you, this time it's just flying. We <laughs> keep getting week, hand signals here, but I, I think he. I don't see Derrick Henry taking the job from Murray. I, I just don't. I don't see um, Hunt taking the job. I, uh, we've talked. I think we hit on that a couple I, weeks ago. I think with Ware and Hunt. It's not going to be a job to take. I think they fill two very different roles in the way Andy Reid does things and the complete lack of weapons on the outside. Yeah. They're both could be considered starters. Spencer Ware has his place. Right. Then you have Chikandrick West, who's also going to eat up touches. Right. And then you have, you know, Kareem Hunt. Who's a pass-catching specialist. Right. It's like its own position in that Andy Reid offense. Right. And so – him taking over? No. And I don't think Wes is going to take it from where. So, I mean, it's no. kind of like he's going to have his role, like right. you said, but not the position. I, I 
Don't see it. And Joe Williams, I just don't buy all this Carlos Hyde's going away. I don't either. He could maybe eat into Hyde's work if he keeps having a good camp. But Carlos Hyde's still the man out there. I I believe think so, Unless he gets cut. now then. But then the question becomes irrelevant. I don't believe it. I don't know where these stupid reports are coming from. If you're going to cut him, unless you're just waiting on Joe Williams, you know, making sure he doesn't get hurt. Right. But does it even – is it even prudent – to cut either one of these guys if it's a running back controversy in case one does get hurt. hurt. You know what I'm yeah, saying? It, it, it just makes no sense. It's I like don't get it. It's like getting rid of Darren McFadden before Ezekiel Elliott got suspended right, or something. Right. You just don't do that. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. All right, Rick, we're running out of time. Let's bounce around here. Pick your poison, my friend, between these two oft-injured wide receivers. Which one? you got to own one. Alshon Jeffrey, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. I th- the yeah. ceiling's way up there with that. Look, i tell you what. I think it's going to be a dogfight in the AFC West between Oakland and San Diego, quite frankly. Really? I, I like San Diego, what they're doing. When they they owned that game when Rivers was out there, that first Oh, that, that, first that was series. an impressive drive. It, it really was. was. <sighs> yeah, maybe not. You know, 9-7 and seven at San Diego, that's a good year. Right. And, and they're going to put up a now. lot. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'll be doing this in December. Oh, oh yeah, for two seasons. And they're going to put up a ton of points. Yeah, that's what they yeah. – And Keenan Allen, the ceiling for him. I mean, this kid is spectacular. And San Diego – San Diego, God. <laughs> Los Angeles was the most injured team in the NFL, I believe, in the, for the last two years, maybe oh, the last three. They've been devastated. They have got to stay healthy. And with Boza and Ingram on the defense, just they've come into their own. This defense is pretty doggone good. I like I like San Diego, Los Angeles, <laughs> and Keenan Allen. And even taking potential and numbers out of it, which is stupid to do on a fantasy football show, but I'm going to indulge me for a second. If you just look at their histories, we refer to them both as oft-injured. Keenan Allen sort of has a history of these devastating season-ending injuries, right? So I think those are maybe, for most folks in general, statistically less likely to happen. When it happens, it's complete and utter disaster. Right. But again, it's less likely to happen. Whereas Alshon Jeffrey seems to me like he is forever just nicked up. He's just forever banged up. Maybe he can play, maybe he can't, maybe he can finish the game, maybe he can't, maybe he'll miss a week, maybe he'll miss four. He's perpetually nicked up. I, I'll take the guy with the history of season-ending disaster, which <laughs> yeah. means he's not necessarily soft, maybe he's just unlucky. And believe me, unlucky can carry on for a career, and this sure year can. may tell the story. Whereas an Alshon Jeffrey just proverbially nicked up, I want no part of that whatsoever. So I'm with you. The answer to this question is Keenan Allen. All right. All right, probably got time for one or two more here. Let's jump around try to find a good one. Uh, here about this. We, we won't talk about players anymore. You, I think you mentioned it on the last show. Pick your poison, Rick. PPR or point per first down? I'm really starting to warm up to points per first down. Only because, just like on that show, talking to Scott Fish, a wide receiver that catches 100 balls, he's doing what he's supposed to do. Right. Reward the yards and the touchdowns, not the catches. Yeah. I like first downs. I I don't have any problem 
rewarding somebody clutch like a Julian Edelman that catches that seven, eight, nine yard touch, you know, tough catch for the you know, first in, a, in a lot of traffic to to keep the chains moving and whoever. I just used him as an example, but yeah, I, I'm really starting to warm up to points per first down. I like that. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I think PPR's run its course. Yeah, and I think it swung too far. It was running backs were too valuable, and we added this stat to pull the wide receivers closer, closer together. And then the NFL has evolved and changed to where I think it swung too far in the direction of the wide receivers. So uh, I'm with you, Rick. I, I really love the idea. Pass for first down. All right, let's do one more here, Rick, and we will wrap it up. And this is going to be based on the ADP. So I'm going to give you the ADPs as of when the, our judges put the put my cue card here together. Pick your poison with these pass-catching specialist running backs. Danny Woodhead at 4.08, Duke Johnson at 8.10, or James White at 10.6? Duke Johnson at 8.10, and I'll tell you why. They've already kind of hinted that they may be – toying with the idea of keeping Crowell in a running bag and throwing Duke in at the slot at times. That's exciting, isn't it? That's very exciting because they're the two best playmakers on that team. Yeah, Kenny Britt has his you know, has his times, but these two guys have been making it happen. They're a good duo. They're both young, and I think at 8-10, he's a much better value four rounds later than even Danny Woodhead is. Right. Who we all know he's the Kevin Falk of the modern <laughs> age, you know. But um, and, and who was the other one? I even forget now. James White. James White. I like James White, but – it's so schizophrenic in New England. Yeah. I, I I would rather have either a Woodhead, you know, where at four even I think than James White. Yeah, I think Danny Woodhead at four oh eight is a little high. Now let me count that by saying I love Danny Woodhead. Oh yeah, and this is a guy you want on your team. I just wonder coming off the big injury, which is less a big deal than it has been in years past. I understand that. But coming off the big injury and going to Baltimore, if you look at the success he had in San Diego, number one, he's a very dynamic player. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. He's great once he gets the ball in space. I grant you all that. You, you, we, I, I just did it too. Calling him, I'm calling him San Diego for the rest of this show. I don't <laughs> care because they were San Diego when Danny Woodhead was there. So right. I think I can get away. Yeah, with there it. you go. The weapons he had around him that had to be accounted for and freed up space for a Danny Woodhead. Now, he did it when he had to be the number one, too, and I grant you that. There has been times where the starters were injured and he had to be the number one, and he still put up numbers. But I think where his success came is you got Antonio Gates streaking across the field. You got Keenan and Allen going deep. You got Phil Rivers going on. That, that offensive situation is fantastic for a guy like Danny Woodhead. The same way it was you talk about Kevin Falk or even Jam, James White or even a Deion Lewis for that brief period right. of time, a dynamic and complicated offense like New England, that type of player works. Baltimore ain't that offense, right? I mean, you could key on Danny Woodhead and be fine. 
if you just keyed on Danny Woodhead yeah. and just matched up across the board, you'd only give up 17 points a game against this Baltimore offense right now. So I just want I think 4.08 is just an overvalue of Danny Woodhead because his offensive situation does not match up with his skill set in I the agree. way he's best to be used. And, and I'll, I'll preface it by saying maybe the first two, three games of the year – we're going to look like buffoons because right. as we often he's do. going to have his game yeah. and defenses will start adjusting to yeah. this. Thinking, you, you know, because I'm not I, following this Perryman idiot. He ain't going to catch it anyhow. I'm going to go <laughs> after Woodhead. Put four guys on Woodhead yeah. and let Perryman run free. <laughs> or, or, or Flacco is just going to wing it well, down the field over his head anyway. Yeah, he'll throw it into his shins. And... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're being a little cruel, but I, I think that's what's going to happen is, yeah, Woodhead's going to get – his numbers, I think, early in the year, and then right. they're going. They're, it's going to be adjusted for him, and he's going to have some rough sledding. I think later later on in the year. I mean, with Kenneth Dixon out, I mean, maybe yeah. outside. I won't even say maybe outside of Macklin. Right now, Danny Woodhead is the most dynamic offensive player this team has in the NFL. Save for your real special talents like Le'Veon Bell. They can take away that top talent. And as yeah. much as I like Danny Woodhead, he's not the skilled, special talent that a guy like Le'Veon No, and Bell he's is. not an every-down back where right. you can just wear down with Danny Woodhead. Terrence right. West is going to get the, the yeah. lion's share of those carries. Yeah, so just that price is too high. Well, that's it, Rick. I think this was, other than my bumbling, stumbling, I think this was a very successful version of pick your... Yeah, well, you're... Your bar is very low. I just had to play that one more time. I know. We didn't have any. I didn't. Did we have a snail joke in this show? Or was that the other show? I think it was this one. I can't remember. I like the snail joke. <laughs> Pathetic. You could probably substitute a turtle in. But anyway, we're Flieger and Briggs. Thanks for joining us. We are excited because the season's about upon us. The mailbag's filling up. Uh, keep the questions coming. A lot of the picture poisons uh, come from the mailbag. Yeah. So, uh, you know, keep them coming. AsylumFootball at gmail.com. At AsylumFootball on Twitter. Keep your eye on at AsylumFootball on Twitter. I think there, there's going to be some news about the show coming up very soon, I hope. So keep an eye out on that. God bless you for listening to this stuff. <laughs> really, uh, keep it up. You can still follow the show, AsylumFantasySports.com, ArenaSportsNet.com. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care. Shooting whiskey, singing sweet child of mine, man. Riding 95, shot, go.